Hello and welcome to the State of Shakespeare. I'm Garrett Vandermeer. And I'm Jim Elliott. And today we're joined by Andrew Dunn. Hello, Andrew. Hey, thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. Yeah, of course. Andrew Dunn hails from Ohio, where he graduated from the Performing Arts School of Metropolitan Toledo. He received a BA in Theater and Speech Communication from Siena Heights University and an MFA in Acting from the Actors Studio Drama School in New York, New York. More about that later. He'll be appearing in the Barefoot Shakespeare Company's upcoming production of Unrehearsed, A Midsummer Night's Dream, later this month. Welcome, Andrew. Yeah, thanks again. <laughs> so first, I mean, full disclosure, you you got your MFA in acting from the Actors Studio Drama School in New York City. My colleague Jim Elliott here knows a little bit about that. Oh, now, yeah. My I'm condolences. The... <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> no, I am no. <laughs> I am the new classics. Well, not new anymore, but I'm the classics teacher at ASDS. Get out of town. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I loved my time. I made a little joke. I promise it was just a joke. Who That's usually you... the joke I make when people say they're from Ohio also. Right, right. So like whenever anyone is like, oh, I do. I know this thing as well. That's my go-to joke. <laughs> right. So who do you have as your classics teacher? Uh, Louis Coliani. So he's been a guest. Oh, get out. I love that man. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's phenomenal. I think yeah. he made both Garrett and I cry, actually. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That, well, it's, it's, uh, well, he must have I been mean, very mean then. I got a, I got a little misty. No, he's yeah. he's phenomenal. He is. He is amazing. You, yeah. you did really well. Who, who me? Yeah. ASDS. Well, nice feather in your cap. <laughs> yeah, I I yeah, I love that man uh, as well, Lewis. So was he your introduction into Shakespeare or had you been exposed to Shakespeare before? My first play that I was ever in was As You Like It in high school. I, at the age of 15, was able to grow a beard and suddenly <laughs> became very important to the high school theater department. <laughs> and uh, uh, from that moment on, I was cast as dukes, kings, fathers, in everything, um, even leading through college, because that all of a sudden was what was on my resume, right? I was the Duke, I was the King. And it, it's interesting because it wasn't, it literally wasn't until I consider myself somewhat of a, a funny person. I have clowning experience. I'm a juggler and I've always wanted to play the clown, but I've never gotten that opportunity. It's never been an, I've never been seen as a, a, a archetype for that, that could pick up that sort of type of character. And it wasn't until I found this thing called Unrehearsed with Barefoot Shakespeare Company, where they it, it's the show isn't about how good can you do. In fact, it's kind of the opposite. It's more about having fun and seeing who messes up the most. And I was granted the role of Costard in Love's Labor's Lost. And I had so much fun with it that I decided I was going to really start putting a lot of time and effort into this, this event with Barefoot Shakespeare that is sort of it's not always at the forefront. It's a fundraiser, but they don't promote it a whole lot. It's it's the thing they do other than their main shows. And I thought it was so much fun that I was like, I have to get more involved in this. So you're referring to Barefoot Shakespeare's signature event, which is called Unrehearsed Shakespeare for Sports Fan. <laughs> That's right. And according to the website, it blurs the lines between spectator and participant. What is the Shakespeare for Sports Fans? Yeah, All right. Line? That's what I want to know. <laughs> so unrehearsed is a script goes out to a number of actors or at first we ask, hey, who wants to be involved with unrehearsed? A bunch of people reply back, say, I'll do it. You know, we give them the dates and everything. And then all on the same day, we give them the script and we tell them which character they're playing. There's no director. There's no rehearsals. They show up on the day and they perform the show to the best of their ability. There are referees who are there as well to keep track of 
who messes up their lines the most, who's missing props, who doesn't enter at the right time, and whoever has the least number of penalties at the end wins. There are uh, money prizes. So uh, at the end of every act, the best three actors will win different prizes. And the audience can even take bets on who will do the worst. So it's competitive Shakespeare. It is. <laughs> That's hilarious. So when you get your scripts, is it the whole script or is it just your roles? We've been, that's something that we've been sort of playing with over the past few years. Um, so it is, it's, it's not just your role because we do want them to know their cue lines, but we have been working on like, what's the right size cut of a Shakespeare show for something like this, because it can kind of drag, especially if people all of a sudden forget all their lines. A, an hour long performance turns into two hours with people stuttering and stammering. Uh, so one of the rules as well that uh, that is pretty common in this is if you mess up your lines three times, we just hand you a script. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. So you're doing this without a script? Correct. It's all about memorization. Oh, my God. I mean, they have a script. They're just not holding it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because I, I, I've done an unrehearsed Shakespeare where you actually have the script with just a couple of cue lines and then your line. Yeah, no, this mm. is uh, absolute madness. <laughs> yeah. It's pure chaos. You mem you spend one month memorizing all of your lines and your cue lines. You figure out which props you need. They don't have to be the actual props that are said, but you have to be holding something if it's like, if, you, if your character says, like, I'm bringing this lantern on with me or whatever, you have to have something in your hand. Uh, the first year I did it, there was an exchange of money, and the actor I was working with didn't remember to bring anything, so he just handed me his credit card. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. And how does the audience get involved? They vote. Well, and... that, well, yes, so they can take bets, they can vote. There hasn't been a whole lot of our audience participation in the past. This year, we're introducing something. We have a lot of powerhouse memorizers. It has always been in the past whoever memorizes the best wins, right? But now this year, we've got some really good ones on the docket. So like, if you're starting at zero and you get penalties for when you mess up, if we have six people in the same production who don't mess up, you have a six-way tie. So we were like, what are we gonna do to offset that? So now we're introducing mini games. And I think we're going to have some audience participation with like, who do you think did the best, you know, by a round of applause and stuff like that. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. It's competitive with <laughs> referees. Do they wear a special outfit, the referees? Oh yeah, they have a referee outfit, the black and white. You know, they look like they work at Foot Locker. <laughs> so your next production, your upcoming production is Unrehearsed A Midsummer Night's Dream, which is happening at Summit Rock in Central Park at the end of this month. And I'm, I was about to say that you you must be in rehearsals for that production now, but that, that, <laughs> that can't be right. So, so what do you do? How do you prepare? Uh, so everybody does it differently, right? Everyone learns differently, I think. You know, some people learn more by sight. Some people learn by listening. I have friends who record all their lines on a like a dictaphone, like a tape recorder, um, and then play it back. I, the way I do it, is kind of unhinged. Uh, so I, I also am a, a video and audio editor. So what I will do is just like go into a room film myself in different out like not outfits but like a different color shirt or maybe a hat i have lying around as my other characters that i that i'm interacting with the characters that i'm not playing and i will say all of those lines into a camera mix them all together into one video accept my lines and then i can have a scene with a video that i have created where i play all of my scene partners <laughs> and that takes i don't know 
30 minutes or something like that, 40 minutes. But then I can export it out and I have it. I can put it on my phone. I can put it on my computer, wherever I am. I can listen and respond back to myself giving me my cue lines. <laughs> Amazing. That's a lot that of is bananas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. It's absolute that's madness. A, that's a lot of, but what a great way to get to, to sure. get to know a show. So in Midsummer, you mentioned that you you started you started playing clowns. Who are you playing in Midsummer? I am playing Nick Bottom. I was gonna ask. Yeah, that was uh, I think sort of off the record. I think it was uh, uh, unofficially part of the term of the condition of like I was like I want to play Bottom. Like I would love to play this character, and they were like, "Well, running this whole thing is really hard." And I was like, "I'll do that too. Like whatever it takes, I'll run the whole thing. I'll reach out to to people for publicity. I'll send out the emails to the actors." Uh, my partner makes she's a graphic designer. As Nick designer. Bottom would, of course. yeah, absolutely. That's right. yeah, I can do everything. <laughs> the difference is that I'm actually preparing as well. <laughs> it's funny too. The another person that I'm running this whole thing with is my oldest friend. I've known him since fifth grade, and one of I think maybe his first Shakespeare role was as Bottom in a, a high school production of Midsummer. And we're both sort of running this together. Fun fact as well: we're both actors. This will be the first time that he and I have acted together. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a great thing. And who's he playing? Uh, he's playing flute. <laughs> so we'll be Pyramus and Thisbe together. There you go. <laughs> Hilarity ensues. This is taking place at Summit Rock in Central Park. I'm not familiar with it. Oh, yeah. It's um, it's kind of, do you know the Delacorte? Yeah. So it's literally five minutes walking from there. And it's it's right off of Central Park West. And it's right around like 83rd, I think. And it's this cool, cute little stone stage area that has benches all around it. it it's not really like an amphitheater or anything like that but it's it's a stage and i don't think it's officially a stage but it is you look at it and you're like it's two feet off the ground it's got light levels that you can walk onto and stuff and there's like a whole semicircle of benches around it so do, is this a place is this a venue that you officially reserve or do you just show up early on the day and and arm wrestle whoever else shows up and wants to do shakespeare in the park <laughs> Well, you know, you can do both, but we prefer to get the permits ahead of time from the the city, which um, I, I think it's it's super cheap, but it's something you kind of have to be grandfathered into. So the permits are like, I don't know, 20 bucks or something. But obviously, if somebody has it already, you can't get it and they automatically re-roll unless there's like a problem with your debit card or credit card or whatever. So the Barefoot Shakespeare Company found this little area, Summit Rock, and was like, this is amazing. Can I, are there permits for this? Happened to call up the the right person to ask about it. No one else had discovered it, I guess. This was 11, 12 years ago. And uh, they were like, yeah, sure, you can have permits. Here are the dates that are available. And they picked two weekends and they've just had those weekends and they just keep re-rolling those every single year. And do you ever have any unwanted or unannounced guests? Oh, we certainly have unannounced guests, but they are never unwanted. <laughs> ah, great answer. It's, yeah, it's we had a um, we did a production of King Lear last year, and during one of the performances, a cleanup truck tried to drive through the performance onto the stage. They almost ran over one of the one of the actors, and the stage manager had to get in and get them to back up, and they started backing up, but it was beeping, you know, to back up. It was in the middle of a show. Uh, so even the city can intervene at times. And that's the best case scenario yeah. is when the city accidentally does it. But we certainly do have people who come up and, you know, are interested in interacting with whatever is happening. And you just sort of feed off of it. You try not to offend anybody and you keep moving. But 90% of the people who wander in unannounced are people 
who had no idea there was a show here. They're tourists. They're walking around Central Park and they you just give them a cool story to to bring home with them, you know. And so you said that uh, you've been doing this for 11 seasons and that this is your signature event, the unrehearsed Shakespeare for sports fans. What else does Barefoot Shakespeare do? Sure. So mostly they're a pretty regular theater company, which sounds, I don't know, it doesn't quite describe how good I think their productions are, but they generally do, you know, a production of Julius Caesar here and a production of As You Like It There or whatever. They've tried to go through most of the Bard's work. I don't think for their official shows in the summer shows, they've ever repeated a play, which is very cool for the unrehearsed events they have. This is just their fundraiser. And most of the other stuff is, you know, we just, we actually just finished a, a, I don't know, like the fourth or fifth run of a new play called Lady Capulet written by Melissa Bell, which is one of my favorite plays I've ever worked on. And we keep bringing bringing it back because there's so much demand for it. And we also just closed Titus Andronicus as well. Uh, Those most of the time we perform the shows at Summit Rock, but occasionally we'll, especially with like Lady Capulet, we've done an upstate performance. We've sort of uh, toured it around a little bit, but mostly it's, it's a regular Shakespeare company. That's one of the reasons I got started with them with Lady Capulet. I did Lear, I did um, Titus Andronicus with them. And then this unrehearsed thing comes around and I'm like, wait, 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 what is this? What is this? Cause that's another way that I really started getting into acting is when I was in, as you like it, I didn't know how to memorize. I, I was 15. It was the first play I'd ever been in. So uh, I didn't really know what I was was doing. So I just came into rehearsal. I read from the script and then it was off book day. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And the first day we were supposed to be off book, I was like, I was stuttering and stammering. I called line every single line. And the stage manager was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you've got to get off book. So I tried something. I went home that night and wrote down all of my lines. And the next day I was off book. And that's always been the case. I can just write down all of my lines. And the next day I'm off book, no matter what play it is, no matter how many lines I have. So for me, I heard about this and I was like, this was made for me. I have to get involved with this. And I had so much fun that, like I said, I just had to keep doing it. Now I'm chasing the high. <laughs> yeah. So Andrew, you have a classical education going all the way back to high school. So you've been exposed to theater for all of your formative life. Experience, of course, is the best teacher. I'm curious, when you started doing unrehearsed Shakespeare, and this is this is, you've been doing it for many years now, what did you learn about uh, the craft of performing Shakespeare for live audience that was different from what you expected as someone who's been educated and trained classically in Shakespeare? Well, it's interesting because I just made that joke about chasing the high, but I have always been chasing the fun of theater, which I think we all kind of do to an extent, right? Like that's why else do it? If you're just making something that nobody likes that you don't even enjoy, what's the point? So interestingly too, the way I got started into theater, even before the first show I was ever in, actually this friend of mine that I was talking about, who I've known for, gosh, 25 years now at this point, he dragged me to a show in high school when we were 13 or 14. And I was like, I guess I'll go see this thing. I don't really, theater's not really my jam, but sure, I'll check it out. And it was a production of Fools by Neil Simon. And I was like, this is hysterical. This is all like, I don't know, fart jokes and people being stupid and falling over themselves. And I was like, I didn't know, like I'd seen Hamlet. I had seen a couple other things, but I was like, this, this is, this look, they're having so much fun. And so from that moment on, I was like, how do I have the most fun? And that's what I've discovered, especially I see it as a challenge because I think a lot of people, especially younger people, 
Shakespeare is a thing you have to do. Like you have to get, you have to read it in class and, oh, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what this is about. It's, I don't understand the language and now I have to read it in front of everybody. What if I mess up? It's a thing that you have to get through in order to get to the stuff you actually want to do. And I am absolutely certain now more than ever that you can make Shakespeare as fun as anything else and unrehearsed is like mainlining that <laughs> like it, you I completely plan ways to mess people up when we did Love's Labor's Lost there's a sword fight and I was like well I can't have an impromptu sword fight in, with somebody in the middle of this unrehearsed production so what am I going to do I'm a juggler I brought two sets of juggling clubs and when I say you know I challenge you to a duel or whatever the line is I threw one to the other person and I was like we're gonna have a juggle off right now uh, because you can do whatever you want. And that's one of the cool things about it as well is however many actors there are, that's how many performances you get. That's how many productions of the show you get. There was a person in that production as well who came in dressed like a chimney sweep and did the entire thing with a Cockney accent. There was another person who memorized all of their lines in French and oh. everybody just has to try to remember what their line is, what their respond, like that you can't understand what the person's saying. So you just have to remember what you're supposed to say at that time. And it's an amazing challenge that makes everybody on stage and watching laugh hysterically. So there's a genuine sense of healthy competition in the oh, show. For me, at least. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else feels that way, but I hope so. <laughs> and there's no like there's no like guiding guidelines or anything like that. It's just the sky's the limit. Whatever you want to bring, you bring. There are rules, but they're more about like safety. Like you can't have a sword fight. We, we had some stuff about, you know, there's obviously you can't like just kiss somebody unless you walk like you have to talk it over with the other person and with a referee there like beforehand everybody has to be super clear about what's happening uh, about any I think it's even like you're not allowed to touch another actor unless everybody's on board and everything's squared away so there are a couple rules but like you can kind of do it like if you're willing to bring a bunch of stuff to the rock you can use it however you like it's opening on August 26th and That's at right. what time in Summit Rock? 4 p.m. So it's August 26th at 4 p.m. and September 2nd at 4 p.m. They're both Saturdays. We have two completely different casts. <laughs> so I'll be at both. I'll be a ref in the first weekend, and I'll be Nick Bottom in the second weekend. So you get to, you can steal some of the first Nick Bottom stuff. <laughs> That's right. It sounds like a lot of fun, Andrew. Yeah, totally is. Summit Rock, the Barefoot Shakespeare Company, doing unrehearsed Shakespeare for sports fans. And this production is a Midsummer Night's Dream. You're playing bottom. This sounds like a totally fun time. And if you have a chance, go see it at 4 p.m. at Summit Rock in Central Park. That's awesome. Thank you, Andrew, so much for joining us and talking about it. Of course. Thank you again for having me. I'm Garrett Vandermeer. And I'm Jim Elliott. And thank you for listening to The State of Shakespeare. And there we go. That's a wrap. That was yeah. that was great. Andrew, yeah, that was nice. Oh man, you've got such a great energy. You're an awesome spokesperson for <laughs> yeah. the Barefoot Shakespeare Company. Oh I'm totally like off. Right I wish I were in the city. I'd love to check it out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we do it every year. So if you're ever there, last weekend of August, first weekend of September, we'll be doing it. Thanks for joining us for the State of Shakespeare podcast. We invite you to visit stateofshakespeare.com for more episodes, information about each of our guests, and the Shakespeare text you heard on the program, and much more. And we welcome you to join the discussion by liking us on Facebook. That's www.stateofshakespeare.com. Thanks for listening.